1: What is going on everybody welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast matt is here with me we are going to be talking some one division as we saw the seas or not season. I'm sorry, the series finale on Friday. Um, I thought it was a very good episode. I'm curious to see what Matt thought. It seems like uh, reactions were a little bit mixed, kind of really like the first two episodes of the series. And then we're going to talk about as much free agency as we can get through uh, before we uh, move on to Thursday when Dennis will be back with us and we'll wrap up whatever free agents we can't get to today. So Matt, how are you doing on this beautiful Tuesday?
2: doing pretty good you know it's almost 70 degrees here it's lovely and then um we're supposed to get anywhere between 10 and 45 inches of snow over this weekend and i wish i was being dramatic um i've seen projections that are like 46 inches and i thought well uh that's gonna suck i i think it's gonna be between 10 and 20 but it's kind of a disappointment we've had like Three or four nice days in the sixties and seventies—it's hard to imagine. It's all going to be under two feet of snow by Sunday morning.
1: Yeah, I can—I uh, can imagine because it's—it's been—it's uh, been beautiful here too. That would—that would just suck. Even if not just that, if they're like, "Oh, hey, it's going to drop back down to like the thirties again," uh, would would not be fun. So, I will—I'll uh, be thinking, thinking, and praying for you guys up there because that—that uh, does sound horrible. But uh, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I live through mine and I'm never I, I feel like every time we bring this up, it's gonna be like not another decade. That's all that's all I'm just gonna keep saying because it was it was horrible. <laughs> so let's talk about WandaVision. Because I Alex like I said I, I really enjoyed the last episode were there things that I think they could have done differently. Yes, but I, I think I really like the way they kind of wrapped the whole story together and it wins, but I've I've really kind of let you take the lead on these so go ahead and kick it off with uh, with your thoughts and kind of let's, let's just talk about it and I'll, I'll let everybody know now since i usually do this because we usually do it at the end of the episode probably gonna be 10-15 minutes so if you don't want to listen to this you can like fast forward on the podcast episode like 10-ish minutes and see if we're still talking about it give it a couple more minutes um and we will be talking spoilers so if you haven't watched the episode i would suggest uh, avoiding this next part because we will talk some spoilers
2: yeah, now you mentioned <coughs> reviews have been mixed, which is kind of a disappointment because you know I I don't know where you're ultimately at with this, but um, you know I ha- I'm on this site called Letterbox, which is an app where a lot of film people go um, keep track of films. So I'm I'm up to almost. Five thousand two hundred logged films on there now, um, which kind of tells you I really have no life. I'm surprised my (laughs) wife's still with me. It's movies and football, and then she wonders why. I think she wonders why too. We've been watching The Big Bang Theory, and every almost every episode, she looks at me and she looks at the characters and what they're doing, and she looks back at me, and I don't know if that's a hopeful sign for me, Uh, but. I have, you know, I have the MCU movies, Marvel Cinematic Universe ranked, and I I saw other people were dropping Wandavision. You know, where would you put it among movies? I have it in my top ten. There's now twenty four. There's twenty three movies, and if you start putting shows in, this would be the twenty fourth kind of edition. I have it actually at six right now, just outside okay. my top five. I thought, I thought it was really good. I thought the last two episodes, eight and nine. Delivered some big emotional moments Some big kind of fun moments But we're also at a point In time in culture and a point in time In the show where a lot of people Had these kind of theories about what They thought was going to happen or what they What they what might happen And I think that at some point During the nine episode run they moved from What they thought was going to happen to what They were sure or what they needed To have happen you know whether It was a multiverse concept That got kind of introduced when evan peters got cast you know which the ultimate payoff for that is that he's a character named boner um you know as somebody put kind of one of the the longest setup for a boner joke in history um which is partially true or whether it was villains or outcomes you didn't get to see that you thought you were going to see and in in our current modern era that turns into you know people ending up being really critical. I I feel like it's suffered the same thing that's happened with different star Wars movies. You know, everybody was excited when star Wars was going to be brought back by Disney. But by the time the movies started coming out, everybody's theory of what might happen kind of came to the end. You and I went through this with game of Thrones. Did I think season eight was great or perfect? No, but does it get a little too much hate? Probably because it was the, you know, while while something's still going, anything can happen, and your thing that you think needs to happen can still happen. When something ends, it in, it kind of ends those dreams, and I just feel like that's where we're at with culture. I will always appreciate Wandavision for being something completely different for some incredibly powerful emotional moments you don't usually go to marvel cinematic universe for these deep thoughts on life and relationships and that is what we got in this especially between vision and wanda um there were some beautiful moments at the end and i think that's what my takeaway is going to be
1: yeah i i mean like i said i I really enjoyed it as well there's definitely some things that were intriguing to me i would have loved to see more of is i i would have loved to see more of white vision and and kind of how that maybe played out over more than one episode. I do think that it was handled well. We kind of talked about it last week on the episode and like, how were they going to handle that? Were they going to have her, you know, defeat and kill off vision for good. They've now found a way to get him back into the universe. And while it's not the same vision that we had before the mind stone It, in essence, is kind of the same person. Maybe not the guy that... or I would say he's technically the same vision she fell in love with, correct? Like, it's just a different version of him?
2: They certainly made it seem like he got his memories restored. But I would also say this is where, being part of a larger... We call it the Marvel Cinematic Universe for a reason. Everything's connected. And they've said everything in the way this one ended and where the characters end up plays right into... Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and some of these other projects. So, WandaVision's over. Yeah. Doesn't mean White Vision's story is over. Doesn't mean Scarlet Witch's story is over, or even Monica Rambo.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of very interesting tie ins that I, I don't know if enough people are talking about because not only do we get Spider Man, uh, the new Spider Man, which is this December, right? December, yeah is going to be based on some kind of multiverse thing from everything we're hearing with them bringing in all of the old Spider-Man's other characters from the other movies that are going to play a part in that. And then so is Dr. Strange, which we know Wanda is going to have a major role in like she's on the movie poster with Dr. Strange. So I found a lot of the stuff that they did very interesting, including something uh, my wife said before we even got to the end scene credits. And I'm just going to jump right to that where, she i i don't know how to describe it she's out drinking coffee while i guess her alter ego scarlet witch is going through the book of the damned yeah. and she hears her kids cry out and i wonder if that has something to do with her kids being alive in a mult in some other multiple universe that she is now hearing and how that's going to connect into what i'm assuming will be the Doctor Strange movie. Because I haven't heard anything about her being in the Spider-Man movie. But again, we know both of them are going to be multiverse movies. And I wonder if it's Spider-Man's way is is setting it up a little bit and leading into whatever. Because is is Doctor Strange next year?
2: Yeah, so what's really interesting, I don't know if you read our our colleague Eric uh, posted a piece last week. What's interesting because of the pandemic and all the shifting timelines and stuff is um, for those that don't know, Spider-Man is a co-production with Sony who actually had the rights to that. They refused to move off their December date of 2021. Originally Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was supposed to come out before. The third Spider-Man. And now it's coming after and You know, with how interconnected some of these stories and things are, it's just like WandaVision was not supposed to be the first Marvel show. Yeah. But it ended up being the one that they were able to finish. And so it airs first. We could start because of this, you know, unforeseen pandemic starting to see some interesting shifts that's what some have wondered you know is it because we know dr strange was supposed to be a huge part uh and is still apparently going to be a big part of this next spider-man um you know and obviously they've alluded to potentially alternate timelines in the multiverse in in that space too so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out
1: yeah so what uh um where does the Scarlet Witch and White Vision go from here? You, I mean, I just kind of gave you my thoughts on it. Obviously, I, I don't know how Vision's here. We know that. I don't know how they bring him back in. Will they tie him back in with Scarlet Witch? I mean, that seems to be the way to go, but we don't know for sure if they're going to do that. So how, how do you think that those two tie back in together, or where do you think their stories go from here?
2: Well, and eventually you think they're going to go back to uh, some kind of version of the Avengers, you know, Iron Man, probably gone. Captain America, gone. It seemed like the Hulk kind of retired. We don't know what happened to Thor is, is riding with the Guardians. Um, but some kind of next next generation. I We're going to see him somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the multiverse of madness um, or popping up some other way. There's a lot of questions now, though, for exactly how they're going to get everything done moving forward because the pandemic shifted things around the unfortunate death of Chadwick Boseman definitely had a huge impact on not just the black Panther sequel, but on the MCU in general, because black Panther, you have to believe would have been one of the remaining people you would build around in an Avengers um, kind of situation. I'll be curious to see where captain and the winter soldier ends up, you know, cause that's another one where they're, or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, sorry, ends up because that's another one that's going to play into you figure those guys would have be a part of kind of a, a going through. Um, but if you know, if Vision's not in Multiverse of Madness, it could be a couple of years. But I have to believe he's he's going to come back. I mean, the the whole reason they set that up is he's he's out and going. And at some point in time, we're also going to figure out you know the the building of sword. Is why we saw yeah. Nick Nick Fury go up into space, which we've seen get dropped into the end of a few of these, where he's working with the scrolls. You know, does that come back in Spider-Man? Does that come back in Multiverse of Madness? You saw at the end of Wanda, where it's a, they tell Monica Rambeau, you know, somebody wants to meet you. I I thought for a minute we were going to see Samuel L. Jackson. I was kind of
1: bummed. Yeah, well, is that who you think that he that she is referring to when she tells Rambeau that?
2: Yeah, 100%. Because the end of The Last Spider-Man, it was revealed that um, Nick Fury and um, I can't remember Kobe Smolder, Maria Hill, Hill weren't actually there. They were being impersonated because we know Nick Fury's up in space recruiting, building SWORD.
1: So that is going to be interesting. So what, what did you think about? Do you think that Rambo has has powers now? Because that, that's one of the questions I think a lot of people have been trying to figure out. We know, obviously, while while Wanda is fighting Agatha. Or is it Agatha or Agnes? I always mix those two up. Because it's Agatha. I think it's they Agatha were, in the comics, isn't it? And it's, it was Agnes, Agnes on the TV show. Yeah. Okay, Agnes. When well she's fighting Agnes... Uh, and obviously the visions are facing off with the the is it the thesis uh question or something that really gets them to stop fighting and goes into the whole the whole thing which i thought was very when interesting
2: fighting himself basically or yeah. in memory of himself
1: Yeah. Uh, while while they're going going through that we see rambo has powers when she gets to meet up with wiccan and speed who are the the children superhero names, uh, for Wanda. for those of you who did not know. Uh, but do you think that she held on to those powers after that? Because we don't see anything after, you know, the shield goes away. Do you think Monica possibly loses her powers once uh, Wanda kind of brings down her whole thing? Or do you think that it is a part of her because they kept hinting that it was rewriting her, I guess, yeah, person I mean, every time she went in there?
2: Yeah, and that's one of the questions they kind of leave unanswered. My guess would be she still ends up with something.
1: It's going to be curious to see. I, I just have to say before, before we, we got a couple more questions, we need it. We need a We need a Woo show, man. We really need a Jimmy Woo show. I can't, that, that's going to be the best thing that's ever happened to Marvel. I think
2: we do, right,
1: so we do. last, uh, last thoughts on WandaVision before we touch on Falcon and winter soldier, because that star, is it, it's not next week. It, it is 19th. next week. Yeah. March, March 19th. Yep. Yeah, next week. Already. So last thoughts, anything else you've got on, on one division, anything, you know, stood out to you, whatever you want. I mean, I told them we'd go 20 minutes. We're already at pretty much at 20. Yeah. So we'll just go a little bit longer. If you're checking in now, if you fast forward it fast forward a couple more minutes,
2: I think my big, The thing is, we had to wait a long time for these shows to finally start because the promise of Disney Plus when it launched in November of 2019, which feels like an eternity ago, um, was that we were going to get these shows. We had to wait a long time, and first one out of the box uh, delivered and delivered for me in a big way. So I'm excited to see what they do.
1: Yeah, right there with you. I was not disappointed one bit. I enjoyed the final episode, as did my wife. I really, in all honesty, like how they – brought the scarlet witch to life in a way that i was not at all expecting either like i've just expected that this version of wanda was the scarlet witch that they were going to have in the series and then to bring it into what is in the comics is is very interesting i'm intrigued because i feel like there's so many different ways they can go with the storyline too like she's set up to not necessarily be a bad guy, but obviously we know what the Scarlet, Witch means in the book of the dam, she's learning these new powers. Does that mean that's why she goes to, to strange to try and learn how to control these? What's the team of what them going to be like? Again, I am really intrigued what this means for the multiverse stuff with the way that you hear Wiccan and speed call out to her uh, at the very end credit scene. I think that's what that is, is leaning to. So could we see those two? And again, even more so, I think, and I'm going to say it again because they didn't do it in the series, which I didn't expect them to do. But with the way that they're leaning into her and the kids, I really hope that they lean into possibly finding a way to bring X-Men and Maybe with some kind of branch of the the multiverse and maybe meeting Fossbender, who Austin, if you're watching, I know he's a big fan of. As them eyes, Magneto. Like, there's so many different ways they could go, and I cannot wait. I'm with you. Excited great great first series and and i don't let's just dive right into it. i can't see any way that that falcon and the winter soldier lets us down just again i've only watched no. the one trailer but it looks just again those the two that oh, the dynamic that those two have is uh, awesome to begin with and then moving it looks into like the show, more of
2: an action buddy comedy which is fun but yeah. i'm also i'm gonna be curious they said this one's gonna be more of an r-rated feel which is something we haven't even really seen in um, MCU movies. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see if they start stretching and challenging the tone. Cause some people have wondered, you know, are, what are they going to do with Deadpool? Cause Disney now owns Deadpool. That's always been in that kind of more, you know, that's felt a little bit different than the tones that they've tried to cultivate. We've seen them bringing Charlie Cox back who played daredevil in the Netflix series. They've been, uh, supposedly working on bringing jessica jones back those always had kind of a grittier different kind of tone um so maybe we're seeing more of an expansion of that world like you said embracing all the places marvel is trying to bring them all back together
1: god i hope so i love charlie cox's daredevil and then john uh is it Barenthal, I think thinks how you say his last name yeah john As the if they can find a way to bring those guys back, I would. I would absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I they can't can wait leave
2: Iron Fist where he is.
1: You know, I didn't hate Iron Fist as much as everybody else did. I still. I I'll, I'll be honest. I, I hate saying this, but I had so much going on at that time of my life that all that stuff came out because, like, they released all those second seasons pretty quickly, and then the third season of Daredevil, and then just cancel all of them. And yeah. I was so upset. I honestly haven't even finished watching them. I haven't finished Iron Fist, and I have not finished Daredevil. I, those are the only two I have not gotten all the way through, and I need to. I just – I Daredevil, so pissed. To,
2: anyway.
1: Well, yeah, I love – I mean, Daredevil is one of my favorites. like, you know, my, my my good friend Ben Affleck, who I thought got shorted as, as Batman because I thought he actually did a good job. Uh, I thought you know, he was good, too did not do great in daredevil but i thought charlie cox killed it again i'll continue to say i love him and uh, i think it Stardust us as the name of the movie with robert de niro and uh um who's the very famous woman she plays a witch in that is it michelle pfeiffer michelle pfeiffer yeah michelle pfeiffer yeah i love that movie such a great movie underrated movie i think but uh Co- charlie cox killed it as as daredevil in my opinion so i really hope that they can find a way to bring him back and I will say really quick before we move on to the free agency stuff, I watched the Legends thing as well, and again, just the the way that I feel like they've set those two up for this show is so much fun. I forgot just the great way those two have played off each other in the in the just limited screen time they were in at times uh, together in certain movies. So it's gonna be, whew, it's gonna be fun. I cannot wait. Wish it was coming out this Friday, but I guess I can wait one more. You know, spring break next I mean- week. Next weekend's
2: going to be uh, pretty great. We have the four-and-a-half-hour version of Justice League. Oh, and that's then Falcon that and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier.
1: You know, I, I will say it's going to kind of suck, actually, because Justice League's probably going to get put on the back burner. So I'll have to
2: – I will I definitely already, watch I already it. took a vacation day for it.
1: I didn't. I can't. <laughs> I got – my kids are on spring break, and and way my job works, I'm kind of low on the totem pole, so spring break's always taken up by all the guys with the more seniority. But I'll, I'll definitely watch – Falcon Winter Soldier Friday night when my wife gets home. Yeah, that's more like a
2: 30-minute commitment as opposed to the four-and-a-half-hour
1: commitment. Well, for me, because my wife doesn't really care, I don't think about the Justice League movie. It's one of those things like I could probably watch some of it Friday, and then it's just trying to figure out when to finish watching it because it's four hours, and I'm not – no way I'm going to be able to get through the whole episode. tell her on (laughs) Sunday.
2: Tell the family I've got four-and-a-half hours of game tape to watch, and I really – I need to be left –
1: yeah. Now, the, my my wife does not believe that there is no such thing as an off season. She says this is an off season, so hey, it's one of those things. Where, the same thing. Yeah, you know, and it's one of those she things she asks like, me every yeah. week. What do you guys have to talk about? I'm like, you know what? I gotta kind of, com- you know, the way I put it to so one of my friends the other day was, I was like, you know, I did commit to her for life, and so I, I, sh- I think I should show her some commitment because she's very, very relaxed and forgiving for like the six months of the year that that college football and NFL football is going on. So during this little bit of a dead period, I feel like I can uh, definitely be like, you know what? You're right. You're right. I can put this aside for a couple minutes. So we did, uh, we have had a lot of NFL news break over the past, you know, week or so, obviously with different contracts. And then we heard uh, today, We're kind of lucky that we were able to push our show back to today because we found out about all the franchise tag players. So again, we're going to go through those and we're going to try and get through as many of the quarterbacks, uh, free agent preview stuff that we can today. Whatever we can't get to, we're going to jump it onto Thursday's episode where Dennis will be joining us and we'll continue. So let's start with the NFL news and the big contract that got signed yesterday. Got done. All it took was Dak breaking his ankle to get it done. So I'm sure you know he's thrilled about that. But and he gets I'll to, break
2: my ankle if you're willing to give me 70 dollars for both one year.
1: ankles, both legs. I mean, just tell me what you need me to do. I have no shame, no shame whatsoever. Tell me what you need me to do, and I will I will do it for four years: 160 million dollars, 75 million dollars in year one, and I believe it's hundred and twenty-six million dollars guaranteed. No trade clause. I mean, and good for him. And right. no
2: franchise tag clause, which I yeah. think was big for him. He didn't want to get stuck in that situation again.
1: As much as I like, I have, you know, I, uh, probably unfairly, if I'm being honest, kind of poo-pooed on Dak not being that great. Uh, He's definitely earned it over what he's done the past couple of years. Was look, looked on pace to have a historic season. Last year before the injury. You know, we all thought it was crazy that they didn't pay him last year. Try fighting over one year really made no sense to any of us last year. You know, I know we argued both sides of it for fun, but really he's a franchise quarterback. It's hard to find those good for him that he got paid. I think this is great news for everybody all around. You know, I know we we talked about it a little bit in our group chat when it happened. No, obviously, I think this is wheels up for Amari, C.D. Lamb, and even Michael Gallup for at least one year. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Blake Jarwin, if he comes back fully healthy, with what Dalton Schultz was able to do, I think Jarwin shares have got to be looking better. And even though I traded one of my very few shares of Ezekiel Elliott the other day, which doesn't make me feel great now, uh, I, I do think that this is wheels up for him as well. I mean, yeah. he's You know, I was listening to, I believe it was Jeff Radcliffe who was talking about this morning. I was kind of in and out of my car. And I heard him saying something to the fact that in the first four weeks when Dak was there and obviously healthy, Ezekiel Elliott had 12 carries in the red zone like at the goal line. There was only 13 running backs over the entire year that had more than that in the entire year. And Zeke had gotten that in, in four games because of how high powered that offense is. Even if they go full defense, which they still need offensive line help as well, that defense is not, I don't think, going to improve much. So I think this offense is still going to be scoring points. Zeke was on pace to be a top back last year, and he still finishes running back one. He finishes 12, but he was projected to be like a top five or six back with Dak there. I honestly think we see Zeke jump back up to that as well. So for me, Dak getting this, it's wheels up for this entire Cowboys offense. How did this, like, what did this deal signify for you? What do you think of all the pieces around it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of the big dominoes of the off season too, um, because even when, um, you know, you weren't sure, good to see you too. Even when you weren't sure where uh, Dak was going to, you know, you know how it was going to play out with Dak, Dallas was like a big quarterback destination for all these, you know, it was on Russell Wilson short list. A lot of people oh, are, they going to trade for Deshaun Watson? Are they going to go sign? You know, so I think it answers a lot of those questions. Um, you know, another thing that, that struck me when I was reading some of the stories, they pointed out how many offensive line injuries and holes uh, Dallas had last year. So it's not just getting Dak back, but you're going to get that line healthier. I think that, you know, maybe, We're underrating a little bit how much losing your quarterback and losing key cogs on your line impacted Ezekiel Elliott. Um, But Dak, you know, we just saw he was a big difference maker. I know the Cowboys didn't have an incredible record during those first five games, but Dak Prescott put up numbers that still had him finish as QB 33 for the entirety of 2020, considering he played a quarter of the season. Um, Because, you know, he got knocked out, I think it was – It was in the first half of that Giants game, that week five Giants game. Yeah. So just some incredible numbers on what they were tracking for. It looked like they were tracking for some historic production. It's great for C.D. Lamb. You see all the splits of what he was tracking to get when Dak was in there. Um, I think it was – I can't remember who pointed out. Amari Cooper was the overall number one receiver in fantasy Uh, during the games when Dak played. So I I think if you own pieces of the passing game, if you own um, or a roster, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, you got to be pretty thrilled. And you know what? Honestly, you might be even more thrilled if they don't have any money or draft capital to spend on defense.
1: Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm excited to see what he does this year. Obviously we expect some changes at least coming to the defense and we'll see how much that affects the offense. I, I don't, the only thing I think that holds back that offense is if the defense is good enough that they don't have to get in shootouts and have Dak throw it, you know, what he looked like was on pace for five, 600 times. I mean, he was at 2,000 yards through four games, which is just ridiculous. That's like something you're doing on Madden on rookie mode. That's not something you're usually seeing players do. Uh, in Again, Indiana. to be
2: QB 33 and only have played four and a half games is yeah. pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, it really is. All right, so J.J. Uh, Watt news. We talked a little bit about him earlier um, when he got released from the Texans. There was a lot of talk that he was possibly going to go to, uh, what was it, Cleveland. Um, yeah,
2: Cleveland was a lot. To
1: to a lot of people
2: wanted him to go to Pittsburgh and play with his brothers.
1: Yeah, that seemed kind probably of Probably not you.
2: No, You're I probably. mean, I
1: didn't care. <laughs> I, I, I love that kind of, those, those kind of stories. Of As someone who, again, not ever in the NFL, but – I played um, soccer and and football with my brother, and we we both played defense. I now I played midfield when it came to soccer, but we both played together. That was some of my fondest memories of times with me and my mm-hmm. brother. Like I love playing sports, so I'd have loved that storyline. Like yeah, it is stucked on the two Sundays we played them, but I would have loved it just to see the Watt brothers together because that's because I think actually all three of them play in Pittsburgh now, don't they? Or two of them?
2: Yeah, two of them play there. Right? Yeah, so
1: they would have had all three of them there. Oh. That. Cool. I, I would I
2: have. Liked it. it seemed like Cleveland was the next closest. I, I don't. The thing that caught me off guard is I didn't remember them talking about Arizona as a serious landing spot. And then all of a sudden he signed there.
1: That It's interesting. I mean, I'm not going to beat one of the Browns fans that shits on it because there's a lot of people, and mm-hmm. not just that, like the Raiders I know was one. There was another team that's good that was in on him. And I can't remember who it was, but they were, you know, he came was out. Was it after the Colts? Him. It may have been. I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I just remember when he came out, he said, I want to go play for a good team and a Super Bowl contender because he wants to win a Super Bowl. And so that's why you don't it
2: get it. It shrinks the Arizona choice a little exactly. bit.
1: Exactly. And, and again, I'll I'll say it because, I again, I follow a lot of Browns fans. A lot of Browns fans, you know, I see a lot of the stuff that people retweet and everything. And they were kind of all over this. And then why would you sign with the Cardinals? I mean, if he really believes that, they're I don't think that they're a JJ Watt piece away. But if he does and they do, good on them. Like it's the it's his life. I don't like. Would I have loved to see him come to Cleveland? Absolutely. Him on the opposite side of Miles Garrett would have been just extremely fun to watch and made that defense even deadlier. But you know, again, you can't say that Arizona is. Far away, they were eight and eight last year, and they started off really good. Now that defense is the thing that needs help more than anything else, and they just improved it. Like he's not JJ Watt of his prime. I still think JJ's probably got three years left, maybe four. So he he's going to a defense that needs help. They got, I think, was a Chandler Jones, not Chandler Jones. Who's yeah, there? they still
2: have Chandler.
1: Okay, they've got Chandler Jones there. They've got some decent. Uh, they did lose Patrick Peterson, with sucks, but they've no. got some decent pieces.
2: That's, see, that's when I was, when I initially heard it, I'm like, well, I, you know, that kind of makes sense uh, for Arizona, you know, going through there. But then uh, you sort of look, let me see, I'll pull up the list because I, you know, when I was looking at this because I did a quick reaction, um, you know, for the site they still have work to do. You know, they have, they still have Zach Allen on defense. They have Isaiah Simmons. They still have Buda Baker. They have Byron Murphy. Uh, you know, so that's all good. But the two guys that led them in sacks last year, Hassan Reddick and Dennis Gardick, are both free agents. So what are you going to do there? And Patrick Peterson, also a free agent. That, to me, is kind of a big blow in the se- in the secondary. The Cardinals are projected at, you know, somewhere – We're projected somewhere at around 17 million before Watts cap hit gets factored in. So it's not like they're flush with cash. And as you and I've talked about before, their offense is far from, from set, you know, Kenyon Drake's a free agent. I know, that their coach has come out and said, Chase Edmonds, it can be the man for us. But when we were talking about Chase Edmonds in the finish, I believe all three of us thought he was a rotation piece at best. I still think they need a better receiver opposite DeAndre Hopkins to boost up the offense. And they're in perhaps the toughest division in football right now. So it's I didn't think it was a bad signing, but I thought a little bit less of it when I started looking at their free agents and their cap situation.
1: Yeah. And, and we'll definitely get into Edmonds probably on Thursday when we talk about free agency and what we expect from the Cardinals. But I, I'm with you. I, I saw, I read the, the interview that he gave. I think it was just coach speak. It was one of those things where they asked him about Edmonds and He's not going to come out and say, no, Edmonds is not that good. We need to get (laughs) him. I wish I
2: had somebody else.
1: Exactly. He's going to rob up his guy. He's a good coach. So I I don't – I'm not reading into – the way the question was phrased to him, I'm not reading at all into him saying, yeah, I believe Edmonds can be a guy. I think he was just being a good coach at that point. Now, maybe he really does mean it, but I don't think he does, so – uh next up was Tyrell Williams he signs with the Lions obviously they needed the wide receiver help now more than ever because they did not franchise tag Kenny Galladay which we'll obviously get into more later uh but now it really seems like they only have uh, what is it him and, and Quintez uh Cephas on Quintez the Cephas roster. and
2: Geronimo Allison yeah so. so which you're gonna forget that they signed and then opted out for for a year it's kind of like Funches yeah. with Green Bay it's like oh yeah that's right they signed that guy
1: so, I mean, uh, interesting signing uh, does, I guess, kind of really does fill in that Marvin Jones role fairly well if he can stay healthy.
2: Maybe. You know, I, Tyrell Williams' best fantasy finishes have been like wide receiver 47 in uh, 2018 uh, when he was with the Chargers and wide receiver 48 in PPR when he went his first year going to the Raiders. Um, he's probably at best low end for high end
1: five. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I say Marvin Jones role, I don't mean like finishing as a wide receiver too. I just mean in the role in that offense. I don't, uh, Tyrell Williams is not a guy I'm betting my money on for fantasy. Uh, Big Ben is back for one more season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think we all kind of expected that in some yeah. form or fashion. Um, you know, gives them one more year to figure out what they're doing at the quarterback position. Uh, he was did the smart thing as well, reworked his deal to actually give the Steelers a lot more not a lot more, but more cap the room flexibility. Yeah, yeah, so we'll see what they do there. That's going to be um interesting for me because Pittsburgh, again, I don't. I don't think they're a team that's far off. They had some serious injuries on defense last year. They're getting some of those guys back now. They're losing some players, Juju, offensive lineman that uh, retired. So there's some things Pittsburgh needs to do. But yeah. I, I don't think that they're. Out well, they got to
2: figure out their running back situation North. too.
1: Well, they've got. I, I honestly think they're going to attack that in the draft, and there's there's a couple good running backs I think will mm-hmm. fit well into that system. But they they. There's still gonna be an interesting scene interesting team next year, but Big Ben for me fantasy, I think I'm I'm kind of avoiding. Like I'm good for him for being back, and I think that's good if you have Deontay Johnson and Claypool. Uh but outside of that, I'm not buying too much. Into I mean,
2: him. he's probably a solid QB too, because it's hard to imagine their um their offense tailing off too much. That's the rumor I've seen too. Chris Carson to Pittsburgh, that would be an interesting
1: Yeah. I mean, fit. it'd be fit. He's a good pounder. He would fit well into that offense, give him, uh, even with the retirements, the best offensive line he's ever played behind. So, yeah. uh, with, with coming from Seattle. But the biggest thing that worries me about Carson going there is just the injury. That's what derailed James Carson there. And I wonder if that will hurt Carson at or not James Carson. James, James Connor. Connor. I don't wonder if that will hurt Chris Carson uh, being there in Pittsburgh. But I, I like Carson. I, Wouldn't that I, be ironic if the uh, fan of his for a while.
2: Carson goes to Pittsburgh and James Connor signs with Seattle and Connor finishes better?
1: Ugh, I'd hate that, poor Russ. I just, I, I feel for Russ right now.
2: No, I don't know. I don't, know. It, oh, I don't know if I feel that bad for Russ or if he's being kind of a d.
1: I, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, I don't. For, I mean, I don't know everything going on. I heard some stuff the other day. Not like I'm, you know, some like reporter that gets inside sources. Just stuff that was talked about on the radio about the way that that front office kind of handles things and the way they treat him. You know, I get that not Mm -hmm. you're not supposed to – I don't know how to word this without – It's a tough
2: situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I get that you should treat everybody the same, but I think it's fair to say most franchise quarterbacks are treated a little bit differently, and it feels like they don't give him some of the respect that, in all honesty, I think he deserves. I mean, he was not a highly thought of draft pick, and what he's done uh, since he's been in the NFL has been really good. He's been one of the best quarterbacks, so – Uh, Isaiah Wilson was traded from the Titans to the Dolphins. This, I actually think, has a chance to be a phenomenal trade for the Dolphins. Isaiah Wilson was a first-round pick. uh, You know, Titan, he just hasn't worked out in Tennessee. A lot of that stuff seems to be stuff that he's been doing off the field, not necessarily on the field. Uh, So if they can get his head straight and kind of get him to care about football and be good on the football field they just got a first round talent to come in and play i think they said he's going to come in and play guard i know he played tackle but to come in and play guard on that offensive line i think it's a great move
2: feels like a low low risk high reward kind of situation because if it doesn't work out it's not like you invested a ton i would imagine they're still going to do more um to beef that area but you know considering i also think Honestly, it was great for the Titans, too, because the reports were they were at a point where they were going to straight up release him. So to get anything back yeah, uh, for a player, you know, it, it works out well for both teams.
1: Yeah. After everything apparently he did during COVID and breaking of the rules and all that stuff. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so if you, even though it is only a seventh round pick, it's better than just having to cut the guy out. Right. So I so I agree with you on that. Uh, and then last but not least, Trent Barrett. Trent Brown traded from the Raiders back to the Patriots and I did not I know that I saw the trade. I don't remember what was traded next. Was it swapping picks? 2022
2: picks actually. It's a 2022 5th gotcha. going to the Raiders and they sent him and a 2022 7th back. Gotcha. So gotcha. obviously, yeah, but that's another situation. The Raiders recoup some stuff. There was a lot of talk they were going to outright release him too. And Trent Brown seems pumped to go back there. So that could be a, you know, a good move. He signed that big deal with the Raiders. Never really totally worked out. Didn't seem to be a great fit. He seems super excited to go back to the Patriots. Patriots, obviously bringing him back and they needed the offensive line help too.
1: Yeah. All right. So let's talk about some of the franchise tagged players. Uh, So the guys that were tagged, uh, there's really only a couple for fantasy. So we'll, we'll start with those guys and talk about them. We'll go through the whole list. Uh, Allen Robinson, you know, obviously, out. yeah. So, well, I don't want to get too upset about it right now. Is they do have a chance to get a quarterback? We don't know that it's going to be Nick currently Foles. his
2: quarterback. It's Nick Foles. If
1: it's Nick Foles, I will be drinking heavily one night for and thinking about Allen Robinson because I will feel bad for him. But I think at least I expected this because we saw everything mm. from Pace was pretty much saying we're going to franchise tag him because we think that he's a great player and we want him to stay in Chicago. Just sucks for Allen Robinson because. God, the guy is so talented, and he's just never gotten a quarterback. But you know, I think if you have Allen Robinson on your dynasty teams, it's not anything to move him or even be panicked about him right now. Because even if it is Nick Foles, he's still produced fairly well with Nick Foles. Now, it wasn't what he did with Mitch, but he still produced with Nick Foles last year. So, what, what was your thoughts when when you saw this come across the tile line? Besides pouring one out for him, I
2: mean, he's still a wide receiver one. Yeah. I think we he's played well enough to prove it. And you're probably right. At worst, Chicago, you have to imagine drafts a quarterback. I know he's, they've been linked to Mac Jones in a lot of different mocks. Um, I you think know, that could be wonderful
1: for him. <coughs> I really, I, I'm, I'm, I like Mac Jones. So the only one that
2: is concerning to me is there was another report that it breaks my heart to even discuss this possibility that they may sign Alex Smith to pair with Nick Foles. And I, that may be, but, you know, Terry McLaurin had an okay season. Uh, just, you know, our one hope for Allen Robinson was someday he'd get to play with a great quarterback. And if they can draft one, great. I don't know. You know, they, the other thing is Chicago is the one team that has been most vigorously linked with a trade for Russell Wilson That would make me think a lot different about this signing and a lot of more happy thoughts for him and Darnell Mooney. I think Mooney's a winner no matter what because he'll have much more of a chance to continue to develop and thrive with a player like A-Rob on the outside of him. It's probably good news for Cole Komet, good news for David Montgomery. It's good news for the other offensive skill position players because when you have a dynamic receiver like that, it changes the way teams have to play defense. You know, and he seemed to do – to Do well there. We haven't heard anything from him where he's incredibly upset about being in yeah. Chicago. So
1: yeah, like I said, I, I'm I'm excited for him. I like that you brought up Mooney too. He's he's one of those guys that I think is really going to really benefit from having him there. It could be a guy that really like he had a good season. I think he's a guy that people know about, but maybe they're not like going out and buying him. He's a guy that I might even go out and buy. So I think he has a shot to shoot up as like a wide receiver two or high at three next year especially being opposite of a rob uh chris godwin another one we kind of expected we know that tampa bay has some cap room but it just seemed to make more sense for them to just franchise tag him for at least one more year uh so they could try and run it back with tampa bay i don't think it changes his fantasy value one bit he's still the same guy it was last year i think we both had him when we talked about him a little bit inside our top 10 and i'm, I'm keeping him there he's not falling or moving up really for me either
2: let me check. I actually – I know you thought that they probably would. I am mildly surprised. Um, I okay. did not think that they they would. I have Godwin currently sitting at 13. Um, they're just some other, um, other guys that – and part of it's because I wasn't sure where he was going to go. But also, knowing he's going to go back there, there's going to be plenty of competition. The bigger question for me is what this does with the rest of the guys that are out there. I actually think this franchise tagging is good for Ronald Jones and bad for Leonard Fournette because you can only give big contracts to so many guys. Another question I would have is Antonio Brown. Do you even try to spend the money to bring him back? Because we have to remember, they like Scotty Miller and also Tyler Johnson is a young player that they seemingly want to continue Ah, uh, to develop. So now you know you still have Godwin and Evans. Do you need and/or want to put money in there? Um, you know, it's and it's going to be big questions. What can they spend on defense? They have some big defensive uh, free yeah. agents: Dominic and Sue, Levante, David. I would think this is probably a bad sign if you're because you can't keep them all. I mean, that's yeah. we've seen it. Even with Brady reworking his deal, trying to give him money back the way he always did as a member of the Patriots, you can't keep them all and they're going to have some holes.
1: Yeah. Uh, So the rest of these guys are, Again, not really anything that's going to change for you offensively. We don't talk much IDP stuff on here, so we won't really dive into those. Uh, Cam Robinson, the left tackle for the Jaguars. Justin Simmons, the safety for Denver. Uh, Brandon Sheriff, the guard for Washington. Marcus May, the safety for the New York Jets. Uh, Leonard Williams, for the New Year, the defensive lineman for the New York Giants. Taylor Moten, the right tackle for the Carolina Panthers, and Marcus Williams, a safety for the New Orleans Saints. Were the rest of the players that were franchise tagged so. Again, Again, the biggest omission and the last player we'll talk about before we jump on to the free agents uh, quarterbacks was Kenny Galladay not being franchise tagged, which I think was the most surprising news of the day for me. It really seemed like there was almost that like it was set in stone, kind of like Allen Robinson with the way pace had been talking about it and I haven't seen anything. I haven't really looked on Twitter today to see why they didn't or anything. I know some, I saw earlier that, that I guess Detroit had like offered him a contract for like 18 million a year. And he turned that down. Uh, And so I, my biggest fear is do you, do you think, or have you heard, is this have anything to do with his health? Because that's what scares me the most.
2: I think it has more to do with Detroit's cap situation is abysmal. Uh, And I don't think they're winning, uh, you know, as they're current. I think they have a lot of work to do. Um, you know, you think you are surprised Jared Goff probably out somewhere drinking uh, heavily right now, but also the the big thing that this means for me with seeing Robinson and Godwin get tagged Galladay is the bell of the ball and wide receiver yep. free agents. Um, and it's going to be really fascinating. There were, several teams that were looking for, for wide receivers or were linked to that. Some of them will will be pointing to the draft, but he's he's going to be the first free agent domino to me in that position group.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it works out good for him not getting franchise tagged in, in the way that Allen Robinson and Chris Carson were because you're right. Mm-hmm. Now, he is the best wide receiver on the market. It's The only thing that worries me about that is usually when you see that stuff It's not always a good team that comes calling with the most money. And so Um, that's what worries me.
2: I'm sure, you know, teams are going to have to weigh that with what you said, genuine. You know, we can't completely tell the health situation last year. Was it that he was that injured, or was it that Detroit had nothing to play for and they decided not to roll him out there, which sort of made sense either if they were planning to move on or later when it seemed like they were going to franchise tag him, it was like, oh, they don't want to, they don't want to get him all beat up for no apparent reason. But that is a question, you know, it's, and we've seen this before with, you know, it happens more often, I think with, with quarterbacks, you know, we saw the, does Peyton Manning have anything left for your show? Did did? what are we going to get from Cam Newton that I don't think worked out as well?
1: Yeah. All right, so we are going to jump in and talk about the free agent QBs uh, for today. We'll talk about some of the trade candidates as well, and we'll save, obviously, all the draft stuff, rookies and stuff, when we get closer to the NFL draft. Once we wrap up free agency and everything, start doing team previews, obviously we're a little, what, probably a month and like 15 days away from the draft at this point. We're getting close, which just is insane. Isn't it April 25th? Night. Is it April 20th? I don't know. I probably, I'll, I'll yeah, it is. It is. It is. Cause I was supposed to be there. So we're a month and 16 days away right now from the draft. So it, it's getting here quicker and quicker. literally a month away as of next week. So it, it's going to be fun. We'll definitely continue to dive into that. Spend probably the first couple episodes leading up to the draft, almost solely based on rookies. So, Free agents for the quarterbacks. We're going to start with Jameis Winston. Uh, do you think New Orleans is the best fit for him? Oh, it's
2: April 29th. Is okay, the draft. So. So that makes yeah. it a little bit easier for today, so, at least. And we're a Yeah. I actually wrote uh a profile for Dynasty Nerds um that just came out on Jameis Winston. I do think so. The big question, the big elephant in the room in terms of this position and everything is Drew Brees who I I was dead certain was retiring. I may or may not have written a thing talking about him and his connection to rivers and it being fitting that they end in the same year, because I I was certain the more time that goes on, you have to wonder. And I don't know if they're just not announcing it because they can't, because of the contract restructure and the salary cap thing, they can't really afford to have him released from their roster until June 1st. Um, But, it does seem like they've talked about wanting to bring Jameis Winston back and at least have him compete with Taysom Hill. You know, do they split with Taysom Hill as a competition? I was mildly surprised at first, but the more I thought about it, you know, I would also not be surprised to see the saints pick up a quarterback later in a draft too. I, I, you know, if Reese is gone, they, they really need to think about the future. I liked what I Saw at times from Taysom Hill, but that would be an unconventional choice. I'm probably more of a Taysom Hill homer than anyone else. Jameis Winston would be a more traditional choice. And the fact that they worked with him for a year, Sean Payton got to see him up close and personal for a year. Um, And I just don't know what kind of huge – he didn't have a huge market last offseason, and he didn't get to do anything. You know, He was probably banking on the New Orleans breeze will miss a few games. He did, and they didn't put him in. You know, and what now thinking that was that strategic on their part, knowing, hey, we're going to need this guy or we're going to want this guy back next year. Let's not let anyone see anything where they might give him $10 million a year.
1: Yeah, I think New Orleans is probably the best fit for him as well because, as you just mentioned, he's been in the building for the whole year, so they, they know what they have in him. And if they want him back, I think that speaks to them liking something about his game or assuming they can do something with him in that offense. I just... There's obviously a couple teams that need quarterbacks, but I don't think any of those places would be great fits for him, at least the last time we saw Jameis Winston. So it's kind of hard to see how much he's progressed. You know, So for me, I I think I'm kind of with you. I think the best spot is New Orleans. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, we know it looks like he is likely not back in Chicago. I cannot imagine he's going to get a starting job somewhere. So my guess would be he lands somewhere to back up or at least compete, quote-unquote, for the job. Where do you think that is?
2: My number one hope and dream is Denver. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm fine with, with going in and seeing what Locke has in year three. You look at the numbers, it's he wasn't incredible, but he hasn't had a, a ton of time to show. But Denver needs a real option, and Jeff Driscoll was not it. Brett Ripon is not it. I was into the idea of Ryan Fitzpatrick, we'll get to in a minute, but it seems like uh, re- reports are now he's going to retire.
1: Uh, they refuted uh, that today, actually.
2: Well, I mean, you—I've seen both. He says he's coming back. They say he's going to retire. So we'll wait and see. If that wouldn't—he yeah. would—he wouldn't be a bad choice for me. But um, I like the idea of Mitch. I saw some interesting things. They pointed out um, Fangio was with him for a while in Chicago. Um, you know, they know what he can do. I—I I think he would. I think he's a guy too that could thrive. You know, as a veteran backup.
1: Yeah, I don't know where the best place would be for him, but I agree. I think he would be – you know, Denver would be a good spot. I brought up Ryan Fitzpatrick, as you just mentioned a couple episodes ago, because I I thought – If he went in there and he beat out Drew Locke in Denver, I think he'd be really good for that offense. With the weapons they have, I I, and I'm not just saying this because you're here, like Denver I don't think is that far away from competing. They have a really good team. They just have to get the quarterback position figured out. So, I mean, I'd be curious to see if he lands there. You know, I was trying to go through. I just – I don't know where else would be good to go. So maybe that is the best place for him to go. I I mean, I'm not seeing much.
2: Maybe a Miami – um, you know, cause they, if oh, they don't, make if they don't, well, I'm not thinking of him like replacing Tua, but I think, well, I just
1: feel like I can see him going into camp and like being better than Tua in camp. And then that becomes the story kind of thing. So in
2: in which case, then, then there's your answer. I don't think Miami can roll in, you know, the Miami was also support, supposedly interested in bringing Fitzpatrick back. And I think for the, the same reason that we saw at the end, you, you want to have a quality second guy even if you have a big time i mean look chad Henney ended up probably playing the most important snaps of the can- i plug your ears of the kansas city season last year i mean backup quarterback can be important at the most crucial time
1: all right, next up on the list, Andy Dalton uh, obviously backed up and and played a lot because of the Dak injury last year in Dallas. Do you think that he has a chance to still be a starter? Is he kind of reserved um, to that backup role?
2: I think he could be um, in the right situation. He could do what he did last year, but still a couple of places that seem to, to kind of jump to mind for me are a New England. Um, yeah, that's a I, I thought he would fit – well there last year i know that they there's talk that they want to bring cam newton back but that one i fail to understand in any sense because it certainly seemed like that didn't work and they were benching him at the end of yeah another one that's been mentioned that would be i could see is washington you know i think he's maybe a little bit more aggressive of a passer than alex smith was but is also not incredibly reckless that's you know that's where those are two teams that probably have uh, have an opening that aren't necessarily linked to a high first-round draft pick that yeah. would not be Jameis Winston locations because we saw Ron Rivera just get rid of his own Jameis Winston with Dwayne Haskins, and I just have never thought Winston fit personality-wise with Belichick.
1: Yeah. So I'm actually going to pair these three guys you just mentioned together, because I feel like in a way, some of their fates could be intertwined. I agree with you on Dalton to new England. Uh, and I agree with you on cam Newton to new England as well. I think a lot of that is just the mutual respect. It seems like bill really likes cam Newton and vice versa. So I think a lot of that's just I uh, I don't, I believe that cam wants to go back there because I don't know how many other teams are calling him. And I wonder if new England and bill is just kind of being like respect, right? Like, yeah, of course we want him back. If we can work it out and it, maybe just never gets worked out. I don't I don't see Cam going back to New England. I don't see Cam going anywhere to be a starter right now. I still think he's got the ability to be a quarterback in the NFL. I can't just throw away what he's done, but I, I think he's got to go somewhere and be a backup and see if he can kind of revive his career that way. I, I just don't see anywhere he goes. I know a lot of people are pointing to Washington. I mean, maybe I just, I, I don't see, I don't think Rivera is going to bring him in just because of their old connection. I think he, he uh, believes he's got a really good team around him. If he doesn't think that Cam Newton's guy, I don't think he's going to do it. We've seen Rivera is not afraid to make waves with what he's done since going to, to Washington. And that's where I think Dalton uh, do fit, thinks think fits as well. And I also think if fits there as well, because, When you get that good Fitzpatrick, who seems to have just gotten better with age, a lot like Tom Brady here, uh, I I do think Fitzpatrick fits well into that offense as well as a guy who, yeah, you know you're going to get that one game out of him that's really bad, but you also could get this really great game, and then he's usually somewhere right there in the middle, and if he's not turning the ball over a ton and keeping you in games, that defense is going to win you games, and they have enough offensive pieces around him to make him very good, so I think all three of those guys are kind of in play for Washington. And I, and I don't know if Fitzpatrick's in play for new England, but I definitely think Dalton is.
2: Yeah. I mean, Fitzpatrick, you know, if he comes, if he comes back, there's a lot of different spots where you could imagine him ending up. And I also wouldn't necessarily be surprised if he went back to Miami because he's already there. He's already comfortable in the system. He knows that they like him. You know, I know he was hurt by being benched and I still wonder exactly what the thought process was there, but um, Not you a good know, one. I don't Cam, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get signed until we're maybe into the regular season and injuries happen. I mean, this is almost where he, it was really late on the cusp of the season when he got his, his chance last year. Yeah. And, you know, we could just kind of be there again, um, you know, and then I think you're going to have to see how many of these teams, what they do in the draft, because yeah. that's when you get to the Cam Newton, probably the Alex Smith, um, you know, I can't remember if there was somebody else on our,
1: no, that's all the uh,
2: Cam. Yeah. Cam Newton, kind of the Alex Smith uh, range. It's probably teams that, go into the draft thinking they're going to do something at quarterback that don't or a team that decides they need a veteran backup.
1: Yeah. And that is the one thing I'll say could have hurt Cam Newton as well. The fact that he signed so close to the season with new England and not having any real practices, no time to learn that offense. It could have hurt him as well. I mean, his play wasn't great but possibly not knowing the offense and everything which i believe New England has hinted at that he just wasn't given enough time to learn that offense could have hurt him as well so maybe that's another reason why they they respect him a little bit more than than we think or realize uh some of the trade candidates here at quarterback so Deshaun Watson obviously it keeps it sounds like coming out of Houston that they're not going to trade him uh, are you still on the i think last time we talked about it, it was like upwards of 90% that he's going to get traded. You still feel that way? Is it, is it kind of started moving down for you because they haven't made a move?
2: I believe he gets traded to either Carolina or um, Miami.
1: Okay. Interesting. Which uh, like, how, well, where do you cap it at? Cause I remember I asked you that last time and like, I, I think I've,
2: I'm still over 80%. Okay. Uh, I mean, can't Ed, Watson has been dogmatic that he's not going to, play for them. And it's not, I know a lot of people have been critical that he just signed a, a contract, but it's an organizational issue for him. It's a, re, it's, it's deeper than just a respect issue. I, I think he, he moves. I do not think Russell Wilson ends up getting traded.
1: Well, that's what I mean, I'm with you. I just, I don't understand it. I get it. You sign him to the big deal and maybe you're trying to save some face, but I mean that organization has been now. I'm not saying that the new, regime that's in there has been bad they're new but what Houston has done up until this point has been horrible so I don't understand why you just don't move on and try and start something fresh I know it's never easy to get rid of a guy who has a chance to be a hall of famer but Sometimes it's best to just part ways and see what you can do again. If they do it with Miami and they're able to get a Tua back, I mean, if Tua ends up being as good as everybody thought he was going to be coming out of college, you got a face of the franchise right there. Again, we talked about it. You get some picks back, and you're able to try and rebuild this franchise. And guess what? In a couple of years, if Tua's playing well, I want to say they'll forget about Deshaun Watson, but the fans will be fine with it because now they've got Tua. So it's I, I, I'm with you. I don't understand it either, but.
2: I just, you know, I, I think it's time for them to move. They have s- so many problems and so yeah. and no draft capital. I know I floated it before we knew there was unease. I, I said before, if I'm in Houston and I'm looking to repair my franchise, yeah. I'm considering flipping him because that's the quickest way I can start getting blue chip prospects in. And I just feel like that makes sense. And I I think they've passed the point of no return with him in the organization. Whereas, yep. I know Wilson may be a little upset, and he's floated locations, and he probably has right to be upset. I still feel like there's enough love and respect there, and enough history there that they're gonna they're gonna work that out because it feels like it would be in both their best interests. You know, I don't think Seattle wants to start rebuilding with a new quarterback and Wilson's preferred teams. The only one that seems like even a realistic option anymore is Chicago.
1: Yeah. And that that's, what's interesting for me with Wilson, because I I kind of agree with you on the fact that it just doesn't make sense for Seattle. Like they're not rebuilding. They have a very good team and it almost makes me think of, I know they're Las Vegas now, but when they were Oakland, Oakland made that trade with Chicago for Khalil Mack and Everybody thought when they made that trade, like, hey, we're going to get these great first-round picks. And then Chicago ended up going into the playoffs the next couple of years. And so Oakland gave up Khalil Mack for two first-round – I think it was two first-round picks. Yeah, it was. And neither one of them were, like, in the top half of the draft because of what Chicago was doing. Chicago has a good team. If they get Russell Wilson, even if they give up two, three first-round picks, I would argue at least one or two of those years – They were in the playoffs last year. You can't tell me they're going to take that much of a step back, especially having Russell Wilson at quarterback. So you're not even getting that high of a pick. So I'm with you. I mean, I I won't lie. And mostly because I don't – I mean, I like the Packers because one of my best friends is a massive Packers fan. But I would kind of like to see it just because I think the NFL is better when a team like Chicago is really good because they're like an NFL, like, bloodline team here. Yeah, but – At the same time, I mean, if he stays with Seattle, I don't have many shares of DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. That'd be the only thing I'd be freaking out about is if I have DK and they move Russell, it's just like, Oh God, why? Why after how amazing he's been, but it'd be great for Allen Robinson. I'd be thrilled for that side of it.
2: Yeah, I know it would, it would be wheels up for probably Robinson, Montgomery, Mooney, Kmet. Um, And you know, then you'd have to consider they probably are keeping Jimmy Graham because you remember Wilson and Jimmy Graham had a pretty good synergy when they were in Seattle. But at the same time, you know, I know Seattle's in an, Seattle's in an incredibly competitive division. I mean, moving on from Wilson to just get draft picks leaves you with a hole at your most important position. Plus they'd have a pretty huge dead cap hit because of Russell's contract. So I mean, those are all considerations. You're basically crushing yourself going into a season where you saw the Rams just go get Stafford, J.J. Watt, go to the Cardinals, and the 49ers just need to get all their players healthy.
1: Yeah. Uh, next up is Sam Darnold, and this one's interesting to me because I honestly don't think we're going to find out anything until probably right around draft night if he gets moved or not because I think a lot of that's going to come down to how much Salah and is, is Mc. Mick, uh... It's Joe Douglas. Douglas. Why do I always think it's Mick Douglas for some reason? I don't understand.
2: Every episode.
1: Every time we talk about it, I'm Pronounce like... It what you're doing. It's Mick Douglas, right? Okay. And Douglas. I, Joe Douglas. I don't know what they think Are you just of saving a Big Mac every I think so. Tomorrow. I'm starving right now. I haven't, I haven't eaten anything all day. I take that back. I ate like a... My son got donut holes this morning, and he had two left over, so I stole those really quick before the show started. <laughs> Delicious. But anyways... Uh, I, I just don't think that they move him before the draft because I don't know what they think of him. I think that they need to see him in some camp and everything. And then yeah. they pro- I don't think they've had a chance to really – obviously they've had a chance to scout some of these quarterbacks on tape, but I believe with certain things with the combine that they'll be able to actually interview players and everything. Do they fall in love with one of these quarterbacks and decide to take him at two? Because if they don't take a quarterback at two, I don't see why they're trading him. Yeah,
2: I'm – you know, I'm actually leaning toward – he stays with the Jets.
1: And I don't they think that'd be
2: bad. No, I don't think it'd be bad either. And they end up using their draft capital to I mean, if you think the Jets are not taking a quarterback, if they, what if they take Penny Sewell? I You're think that that's about what they should do. Incredibly improving the offensive line. Yes. And they still have cap space. You know, they become a great team to get a yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick, a Alex Smith, a veteran to put behind him to say you know, cause Flacco isn't the answer, yeah. Uh, but that seemed to be where they were leaning last year. And there's so much stink on Gase and what he did, you know, you kind of wonder what could San Darnold do with a healthy Denzel Mims, a healthy Jameson Crowder, Chris Herndon, actually people remembering he exists getting more weapons, you know, in, in the draft, a real offensive scheme. And I, and a better coach and a better defense. Yep. They're not in the most unwinnable division. You know, there's a lot of questions for New England. Miami's ascending, but they're far from a walk. Buffalo's been pretty good, but it, it's not out of the range of possibility that you're back competing. I the If you had asked me a month ago, I would have said they're definitely taking quarterback. Darnold's gone. And it <laughs> feels like reading the tea leaves and thinking about it and looking at the situation that's sort of shifted.
1: Yeah, I want to say it was a month ago I said that's exactly what they need to do is just take Sewell. You don't know that Sam Darnold has done. He's shown you flashes, and and I agree with you. I think Gase – I hate shitting on a guy as much as we do, but like I, I do think he was the problem there. And so bring in a whole new offense. You bring in a guy who who projects to be a stud left tackle – in the NFL, and then they have a first-round pick as well. This ro- class is loaded with wide receivers. You get yourself a wide receiver in the back end of the first, or even early in the second round to pair with Mims. You got Crowder in the slot. You know, I I, I like Herndon, but just thinking about just I mean, if you get like a Pat Fryermuth or something in the third round, like. You continue to rebuild your offense. I don't think that defense is bad. You get CJ Mosley coming back. I believe in Salah. I think he's a phenomenal coach. Uh, so he rebuilds that defense. All of a sudden, you've got a really good team. So I'm with you. I again, it only comes down to if someone just completely blows them away. If if whatever yeah. if they meet with Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, and there's like you know what, like I, they don't know, but in their minds they're like I know. This guy is going to change our franchise, then I do think that they'll move Sam Darnold. But otherwise, I'm with you. I think the best route is to go Sewell and just build. You've got Darnold under a rookie contract for a couple more years. If it doesn't work out, I mean, they signed what I think it was like he signed a seven-year contract, did, did Salah. I think it was a five or yes. seven year. So
2: I like it. it was something big.
1: So he gets he, he's gonna get a shot. If it doesn't work out for a year or two years, okay, then move on. Find a quarterback then. But I, I do think that they should give Darnold one more shot. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, a lot of rumors. that five years. Uh, five years, okay. Uh, there was a lot of rumors. You brought this up. You were one of the first people I heard mentioning it. Um, was kind of seemed like the reason. It was not mentioned anywhere, but seemed like the reason. That's why they parted with their GM, and because of the disagreement with him and Matt Rule, he thought that he could be a starting quarterback. Rule did not. Seems like he's done in Carolina. A lot of the rumors are that he seems to be the perfect fit for what Washington does as well. They yeah. have enough cap room to bring him in. What do you think about Teddy? Is he still with Carolina? Do you think maybe if, you know, Deshaun Watson is traded there, maybe Bridgewater is traded back to Houston to kind of give them some quarterback. How do you think all this goes down?
2: Yeah. And I think they would happily give Teddy to Houston. Yeah. If that's what Houston wants They're there's a big domino. I I think he's gone from Carolina, no matter what. You know, and I think if they can't make a move or make a signing that they are going to draft, I I just don't. It seems like that the, there's things going on behind the scenes that they they're not happy there. I have heard Washington would be a decent one. You know, we have to see what happens um, with Houston. I think another. Sneaky place for one of these veterans to end up could potentially be Cincinnati because we don't know if Joe Burrow, you know, if Joe Burrow, if there's any questions about whether he's ready week one, they, they're not rolling into the season with Brandon Allen and Ryan Finley. Yep. They're getting somebody who can be a good quality presence for them with a decent offense.
1: That might not start be a bad season. piece for Mitch. Now that you yeah, see
2: that. I mean, Mitch, I could see a Fitzpatrick. Yeah. You know, ending up there, I could see an Alex Smith ending up, up there because you need a guy that, that's not going to kill you, that's going to be smart with the ball, that knows how to to win games. I think yeah. that's that's a place we're not talking about. And I'm not saying that they need competition for Burrow. We saw he yeah. was perfectly good. But I would not be surprised if Burrow is a pup guy and, and plays the back 10 games of the season. Um, because if if he is your long-term franchise guy who had a massive massive injury you you don't want to rush him back you don't want to pressure him back maybe you also want to see if the things you did to fix your offensive line actually fixed your offensive line before you throw him back there so you know I think that could end up being a sneaky location I I just I think Bridgewater didn't work you know and I'm you have to wonder at this point was that not a move that Matt rule was super happy about. And he tried to roll the dice it was a huge contract that they're going to end up having to eat. Cause I thought three years 63, I was surprised when they did that, um, you know, or does, does Teddy Bridgewater end up getting traded to back to the saints, Do the saints, figure out how to do that because, you know, Sean Payton's looking at if I have to pick one of the guys I've had as my backup tutor to, you know, tutelage to breeze, the last couple of years I'd rather roll with Teddy B you know those are a couple places I think he could end up
1: yeah and it sucks because you know we, we talked about when we recapped the uh the wide receiver show that offense was actually a lot better than people give them credit for they they actually put up some points and everything it just seems like Bridgewater is not quite the fit for that Joe Brady offense and what Matt Rule wants to do and if they do draft a quarterback, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Obviously, if they get Deshaun Watson there, I mean, my goodness, they've been rebuilding that defense uh, through the draft last year. They've got a ton of weapons on the outside with uh, with DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey. Oh my! The only thing that would worry me about if Deshaun Watson went there is I wonder how much that hurts Christian McCaffrey's value in PPR because we know Watson tends not to um, dump it down.
2: The other scary thing would be some of the – trade construct rumors have been Christian McCaffrey in three first to Houston for David Johnson and Deshaun Watson. And you're like, good Lord.
1: See, I don't hate that as much for Christian McCaffrey though, because I think he's going to be the offense. (sighs) Like we've seen, let's be honest, Carolina has not always had a great offensive line and he still makes it happen. Like he's still going to be the offense. I think the only issue is, you may only get like one or two more great years out of Christian McCaffrey because he's going to get the hell kicked out of him every single week because that's all yeah. they're going to have. But I, I don't think the next two seasons. And I, I always build my team running back wise, anyways. I'm like you have that three to five year window with a running back, anyways, and you've gotten that with McCaffrey. I think you know him getting the contract is kind of like icing on the cake. Uh, I don't know how much I hope Christian McCaffrey plays for a lot longer because I think he's just fun to watch. But I don't think his value takes a huge hit. Like, he's not going to be RB1 for me anymore. I can't yeah. drop him out of, like, my top six, though, because you, I would imagine no. whatever the quarterback is, they're still going to dump the ball off to him. He's still going to get worked. So it's not Carolina. Jameis Winston, also, Christian
2: McCaffrey. He's there you go, baby. 2021.
1: There you go. All right. And then the last quarterback, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, it seemed like everything was pointing toward how badly they wanted to get him out of there. And then of course it seemed like because they weren't able to, all of a sudden it's like, no, we love Jimmy G. He's still our guy and all this stuff. What, what do you think happens with him?
2: So I think they explored the moves that they might be able to make and they discovered that they couldn't make any uh, moves. Or, it, it, you know, it didn't look good I think Jimmy G is still back um, You know, I think an overlooked thing was They went and got Josh Rosen last year Curious to see, you know, if they evaluate him in camp And I also think the 49ers end up taking a quarterback In the second, third, or fourth round And that they're going to try to figure out What sticks
1: Yeah Yeah <sighs> Gonna be interesting. I, I'd love to see them with. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, if you actually go and look at Jimmy Garoppolo's stats, he's a good quarterback when he's on the field. Like, he's not that bad. I, I don't know how much those injuries hurt him the year of the Super Bowl run, mm. and the fact well, that Kyle that's not thing. Wasn't his one,
2: But his one full year as a starter for San Francisco, they were in the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even if you go back, I, that's the other thing too. Like, you got to look at. I know he get he's been hurt a lot, but when you look at like. He has I believe it's like a O plus like double winning percentage like compared to his wins and losses like he's been a very good quarterback when he's playing the problem is he just he can't stay on the field and stay healthy so yeah. I don't think it'd be a bad thing if they did keep him you know we've seen Kyle Shanahan's offense can win you games. We saw it in the playoffs with Jimmy G. What was he, he threw it Like 10 times or something crazy like that. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah. They still won games. And as you mentioned, they just need to get healthy. That defense got a lot of players got hurt last year. They should be back. So if they keep Jimmy G, I still think that that team's going to be really good. And if they move on from them, you know, I, I depending on who they get, you know, it could be an upgrade over my, I, I do sometimes think that it's, maybe better to, to lay with the devil you know, I think is the way that saying goes. Like I I just dance
2: with the devil you know.
1: Dance lay. Yeah, you know, whatever. Same difference. Uh they uh I think there's not a, that many quarterbacks out there that are going to be better than Jimmy G that people think. I think that the their perspective on him is skewed a little bit too much toward the negative. I don't think Jimmy G's as bad as as people try to make him out to be. All right, so that will do it for us today. We will be back on Thursday with Dennis. We will try and get through all of the tight ends, wide receivers, and running backs uh, with uh, free agency and guys that might be traded. And then it'll be what was what, what that a week away, or technically, or less than a week away from the trade yep. deadline? So not trade deadline, Mike.
2: From the new league year. I'm already, starts I'm already, mid,
1: I'm already mid-season 2021, baby. Uh, yeah, It'll be, uh, as Matt mentioned, new league year and uh, the opening of free agencies. So we will be back again on Thursday. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or whatever format you are listening on. If you can, we would really appreciate it. And we'll be back again on Thursday.
0: Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop. I came like, out the wrong line already. It is the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for the team. Going up above his head. They can't jump with me, Golly. Oh, tackle him in the corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. Please. I can. <laughs>